dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. Upon hearing that dogs can get dementia, people naturally often get quite sad. No one wants to think of our best furry friends experiencing the memory loss, confusion and functional decline that we associate with the human disease. Let me reassure you here then that this story has a good ending. One of the big problems in dementia research is that it's really hard to study the actual biology of the disease. You can't go looking into the brains of people with dementia very easily, and we can't see the earlier stages of what happens in the brain, often decades before symptoms develop at all. This has forced us to use rodent models to better understand the biology of dementia and test potential therapies on. But rats and mice don't get dementia naturally. They have different brains and different immune systems to us and age much faster. While they have their uses in carefully controlled experiments, many drugs tested in the limited rodent models we have haven't translated well to human use, and we need better models. So here's where dogs, as usual, come to the rescue. Unlike rodents, around 14% of dogs naturally develop an age-related dementia syndrome, known as canine cognitive dysfunction, that strikingly resembles dementia caused by Alzheimer's disease. They develop progressive memory loss, disorientation, and confusion, and can become anxious or aggressive as they stop recognizing familiar people and animals. They can get stuck behind furniture, they stop understanding how doors work, they pace in circles, and they forget how to get outside in time to do their business. Eventually, they stop enjoying playing, they lose interest in food, and the gradual functional decline is fatal in the end. In case you're wondering, this can happen to all dog breeds, but it's much more common in smaller breeds who live longer. The key difference here is that unlike rodents, where dementia is induced by genetic manipulation, in dogs it's natural, i.e. it's sporadic, and likely matches the complexities of the human disease much better. Genetically speaking, the canine genome has near-exact or exact homology for key Alzheimer's genes such as APP, MAPT, and APOE. And anatomically, dogs have brains that are much more similar to ours too. The hippocampus, a brain region seriously affected by Alzheimer's disease, is much closer to the human version than that of the rodent. And 10,000 years of co-evolution has developed a profound level of emotional, linguistic, and social cognition in dogs that's quite relevant to humans. Moreover, pet dogs share an environment with us. They drink our water and they eat our food. They are exposed to the same air quality and environmental pollutants that we are, and they often exercise alongside us. They have social lives and can even go to school. They're exposed to the same pathogens and infections as us and have similar experiences of of diseases like diabetes and heart disease, which are thought to be important for Alzheimer's risk. Given how crucial we think social and environmental factors are in the development of dementia syndromes, this gives dogs a leg up even on other lab animals who are more similar to us, like non-human primates. Dogs also have larger brains without being inconvenient, live longer while still being able to do tractable research, and are easy and, frankly, more fun when it comes to behavioural testing. So, dogs have a similar pattern of cognitive decline to us, they share an environment and complex neuroanatomy and have co-evolved with us for many millennia. But what does the pathology of the disease actually look like in their brains? 
Intriguingly, these dogs also develop amyloid plaques and hyperphosphorylated tar accumulations, just like in the human disease. While these hallmark pathologies in the dogs typically reflect a much earlier stage of disease, what's particularly interesting is that the pattern of brain regions affected, often referred to as BRAC staging or regional vulnerability, which is so stereotyped in humans, is also reflected in the dogs. Dogs also experience age-related brain accumulation of iron in the same regions as humans, another suspected disease pathway, and seem to have signs of neurodegeneration as well. In this way, dogs could possibly give us insight into the earliest stages of disease formation that are harder to access in humans. So our dogs, who reflect our biology and disease risk in many important ways, also seem to develop an Alzheimer's-like dementia syndrome that's similar to ours. So where's the good news start? Let me transition to the good news with stories of two projects from around the world working with the dog model. The first is in Australia, from the Regenerative Neuroscience Group in Sydney, whom I was lucky enough to work with for a few years. Under the leadership of Professor Michael Valenzuela and Dr. Tom Duncan, the small group did a lot of work to try and characterise canine dementia and develop a stem cell replacement therapy to try and treat it. Now don't worry, the whole point here is that we're using community pet dogs, not housed as lab animals. They're treated just as if they're human patients. And as the therapy was highly experimental, most dogs were on the verge of being put down before undergoing the surgery to inject some of their own stem cells into the hippocampus. So in what was a very small and very early stage trial, almost all the dogs experienced an improvement in the dementia and some had a full remission and lived on for several more years. Leo, one of the dogs, has a particular standout story. Leo used to work as a therapy dog in an aged care home, but as his own dementia progressed, he became increasingly anxious and aggressive and, of course, had to stop work and would even lash out at family members. After his stem cell treatment, not only did his dementia disappear, he was able to live for over two more years dementia-free and go back to work as a therapy dog before eventually passing of unrelated causes. This, as you might imagine, was extremely exciting. A small trial and preliminary data for sure, but proof of principle that in a natural syndrome similar to our own, dementia symptoms can be stopped for significant periods of time. And the group has now been spun out into a company called Skin to Neuron, where they're developing humanized versions of that therapy. So a second project working with dogs is located in the USA, known as the Dog Aging Project. Led by Professor Matt Cablin and based out of the University of Washington in Seattle, the Dog Aging Project has recruited around 45,000 pet dogs from across America into their huge pack, with the goal of following the animals longitudinally across their lifespans to better understand aging itself, as well as age-associated diseases like dementia. They collect all kinds of data from environmental and health data to vet records, and some subsets of the pack, genetic testing, cognitive testing, behavioural data, and more. They even have a group being studied as canine, quote-unquote, centenarians, dogs who live much longer and healthier than would be expected for their body size. It's still fairly early days for the project, which means that if you're based in the USA and have a dog, you can and should absolutely apply to get your dog in the study. 
Another excellent aspect of the project is that they make all their data available to researchers upon a fairly straightforward application. So even if you're not based in the US, if you're interested, you can get involved. Also encompassed in the project is a particular study looking at the brain health in aging dogs, where notably they've found that non-active dogs were six times more likely to develop dementia. They're also running a trial of the drug rapamycin called TRIAD, trial of rapamycin in aging dogs. Rapamycin is known to help boost the waste protein clearance pathway called autophagy, which is thought to be important in neurodegeneration and aging more broadly. And that trial is also currently recruiting. Overall, pet dogs present an interesting and exciting avenue for new research into the dementia field. They make a compelling new model with overwhelming parallels to humans, advantages over other model animals, and they provide an opportunity to engage more of the public with research in a fun and accessible way. With exciting research with dogs happening all over the world, it's definitely an area to watch or get involved in, and maybe one of our best animal friends will help us solve one of our greatest challenges. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.